Welcome back to Around the Bases. It's been like an entire month since the last show. I feel like Joe Biden coming back to the White House <laughs> after um, after four years. You know, a political podcast now. I'm just kidding. Go to Around the Capitol for that. Okay, so it's in-season edition. I'm Colton Martinez. Alongside with me, well, usually would be Brett Hints, but right now filling in for him on this first episode, we have Spencer Heath. Spencer, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Spencer, and um, I'm a new sports intern here on KBRX Sports, and um, I'm looking forward to this uh, first episode in a while. All right, so as always, we will start with first base. First base is going to be our top MLB headlines, um, just going over everything that most baseball fans will know, and if you're not a baseball fan and you want to get into baseball, you just want to talk about it, these are the headlines you want to know. So, the biggest thing, there are games today. Baseball is being played. Spring training is underway. Teams are getting ready for the season. And we're going to have a regular season, so it's going to be crazy. No more 60 games. How long are the schedules this year? It's going to be 162, normal. Oh, nice, nice. Crazy things. So we have the Rangers taking on the Royals, the Nationals taking on the Cardinals, the Reds taking on the Indians, Dodgers versus Athletics, Angels versus Giants, Brewers versus White Sox, Diamondbacks versus Rockies, Padres versus Mariners, man, everybody's playing, Pirates <laughs> versus Orioles, Red Sox versus Twins, Phillies versus Tigers, Braves versus Rays, Marlins and Astros, and the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. So, so many games today. Everybody's playing. The 28th. It's kind of weird that they would start it on a Sunday. Um, usually they kind of start it on a Saturday. But, you know, I don't know. I guess they just took the place of football this week. Yeah, I always remember it being like a full day thing, you know. Yeah. Opening day is a big day. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, so let's see. I know this is kind of some older news, but I really wanted to cover it. Um, but we haven't had the chance to. Kevin Mather is the CEO of the Seattle Mariners. Well, he is the former CEO now. And he had a an interview with a breakfast club in Seattle. And he just said things that not every CEO should be saying to a lot of people, especially if you don't want it to go out. And he was just talking about the team, the players, saying that he's overpaying a lot of players. Um and there's this thing, service time manipulation in baseball is a huge thing. You don't hear about it in basketball or football. Like, obviously, there are free agents in basketball and football, right? Like, yes, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, but the way that MLB teams do it is if there's a rookie coming up, they will delay their progress. So, I mean, it already takes a large amount of time. You get drafted, you go straight to the NFL, usually, if you're, like, a great player. Um, first round, usually yeah, you're, you're going yeah. right in there and playing. Yeah, but some first round players, I mean, drafted out of high school, it takes them like six years to get to the major leagues. And even if they right. could be ready, these teams delay them even more so they won't become a free agent faster. So they have more team control over them and they don't have to pay them. Because when you sign, you, you get like a signing bonus, of course, but these players that are drafted in later rounds, they get like a $100,000 signing bonus and they have to live off of that. And like there's people working extra jobs playing minor league baseball just to kind of make ends meet uh, while they're going after this dream. 
So with teams doing this and delaying their payment, it's kind of it's a bad thing. I think um, there's a, there's a CBA agreement and it expires after this season, and a lot of the players are going to fight for stopping this service time manipulation. Um, but still, I don't know why the CEO would go out and say these things to a whole crowd of people uh, if he didn't expect to get any backlash at all. Yeah, saying that stuff on Breakfast Club will just bring it out of you, you know. <laughs> Those, like, Charlemagne, everybody knows Charlemagne's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and um, he, I, I don't really understand the logic. He was saying how, also, he said some, some things about his foreign players saying how their English isn't that good. So he would keep them down in the minor leagues just because their English isn't good. Like, they can be some of the talented players, some of the most talented players, um, but he didn't want to pay an interpreter for some of his Japanese players. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, you know, I want to bring them up, but I don't want to pay $75,000 a year uh, for an interpreter to (laughs) help him learn English. That would be hard to work through, but, like, at the same time, I mean, some of these players are so good. I mean, (laughs) what he said was, he said, well, when I threatened him and said, I'm not going to pay your interpreter, his English got, like, right away, it got better. (laughs) Like, that's that's not a good thing. I mean, you want your players to feel comfortable. Right. It's it's a messy situation. So there were a lot of players that that commented on this. A lot of them saying thank you (laughs) for... Like, honestly, it's probably a good thing that it was leaked into the media because a lot of people in the media don't really understand this whole uh, ordeal going on about service time manipulation. So a lot of players were tweeting out, like, thank you, Kevin Mathers, because, I mean, one player, Josh Donaldson, he didn't become a free agent because of service time manipulation until he was, like, 35. And when you get that old, it's hard to get a long contract and a big payout. Um, so he's fighting against that. Also, Garrett Cole of the Yankees now, former Astros pitcher, um, he came up with the Pirates, but the Pirates, they wanted him for as long as they could have him cheap because the Pirates are a small market team. They can't afford to pay out a lot of money. So they did the same thing with Garrett Cole. Of course, he was still able to get paid, but it took him a while to become a free agent as well. So it's just a a crazy thing that I think it'll get I think it'll get cleaned up with the CBA agreement cuz that's going to expire. Players are threatening a strike for the 2022 season if they can't um think of anything, but I guess for now let's just enjoy the 2021 season in its entirety if it's uh going to be normal. But yeah, messy situation for baseball. Definitely. I mean, they have to be in triple a or double a for like five six years sometimes i mean and they're not really getting paid that much no they're not they're um i mean of course if you're like a top round pick you probably get like a five million dollar signing bonus um but some of these other players you know not always the top players make it to the major leagues there's always some guys drafted in like the 40th round and they're just so many rounds yeah they're trying to make things meet they're riding buses from minor leagues um and That's tough. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they take advantage of the foreign players. Like, um, some of them are like, oh, you're going to give me $20,000 to sign? Like, they're like a 16-year-old from Dominican Republic, and um, they're yeah. all hyped up about it. But, you know, really, it's not a lot of money. 
there's still a lot of racism in baseball and stuff, and it's it's kind of messed up. But I think they're going to clean it up finally. Uh, um, seems like there's always be a, someone taking advantage of another yeah. in any professional sport. <laughs> yeah. um, but moving on, this is a big payout, huge payout. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the faces of Major League Baseball, coming into this. He is actually the cover athlete for MLB The Show 21, the new baseball game that's coming out. So, obviously, MLB sees him as a very profitable player. And he's never played a full season. (laughs) Um, He didn't play a full season in 2019. And then, of course, 2020 was only 60 games. But the Padres... They're into him, and they gave him a 14-year, $340 million contract. Um, I saw that was, like, top five, like, ever. Yeah, top five ever, and he's a player that hasn't played a full season yet. Um, so they're definitely taking a huge gamble. Um, hopefully this end up, ends up being a good thing for the Padres. I'm, I'm rooting for the Padres. But this is another instance where Tatis wasn't – wasn't given a lot of money when he signed. Nobody really saw him as like a huge prospect, but now that he's made it, he's he's getting his pay. Like he's three hundred forty million dollars. That's nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, will he actually live out all these years? Though is the is the question. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's only twenty twenty two, so he's got a a whole bunch of years ahead of him staying in San Diego. I think it's the longest contract ever in MLB history. So that's crazy. Tatis Jr. getting that huge contract. It's going to be crazy. Padres should be good for a little while, though. Unfortunately, they have to play the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are crazy good, crazy talented. Mookie Betts. Yeah, NL West is going to be packed. for. I think, I think it, it's going to be like the best division in baseball for like the next 10 years at least um, with all their players. So, yeah, um, let's move on to some kind of funny news. Everybody was uh, was talking about Aaron Judge with the Yankees. He has a new smile. He, Did he get a I, grill? I don't know if it's – no. I think he got either braces or, or braces. Invisalign. Yeah, he used to have, oh. like, a huge gap. You know, he'd look like uh, – yeah. <laughs> it was, like, two people fighting. Like, you know how, like um, – <laughs> like middle school dances, you got like girls on one side, boys on the other side. That was his two big teeth. Like they were, <laughs> they were that split. There was a huge gap in his teeth. Um, but now he's got a good smile. They're all like put together now. So <laughs> I wonder if that's going to impact his play because um, he's got gap to gap power. That's what they call it in baseball gap to gap power. Now that his gap shortened, will he not have that anymore? I don't know, huh? <laughs> I guess we should ask some dentists. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he could he he's could He's a beast. I mean Yeah. Six he's foot seven. Giant guy. I mean <laughs> Have you have you seen him uh standing next to Altuve at all? Like Altuve's one of the <laughs> shortest players and he's one of the tallest and there's a picture of them at, at second base and he's just so much taller than Altuve, it's funny. Um but yeah, really the a tale of two different players. If he can stay healthy, I don't know, maybe he's well, don't don't a lot of people say that your teeth is like the key to being healthy? Like, there's a lot of old people, and they're like, "Don't let your teeth go," and <laughs> and then like <laughs> their health like deteriorates because their teeth are bad. I don't know. Shout out to Crest. Um, 
But looks like he's making good steps for his future. Yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe maybe this will help his bones, like, because I'm sure that's a lot of weight to be putting on your knees. So maybe it's correlated. Longevity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's see. Um, I wanted to do this. There were, of course, a lot of, like, every year free agents, trades happening. Uh, so I created my top three people going to different teams. And uh, I was hoping that we would also have, like, a, like your thoughts, too. Maybe, like, three people who signed uh, contracts as well or got traded. So number one for me was Francisco Lindor going to the Mets. I think that was the biggest deal of the offseason. Having a, an all-star, silver slugger, gold glove award winning shortstop going to the New York Mets to play, it's going to be great. I think that, that he looks really nice in orange and blue. And I think the Mets are going to try to sign him to a contract because the Indians couldn't. The Indians are too much of a small market team. Um, hopefully this trade ends up working out, but that's my number one. Number two is definitely the signing of, um, Trevor Bauer with the Dodgers. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, he's, uh, he's from UCLA, so obviously he's from California. Um, but he goes to the Dodgers. Everybody was saying the Mets, the Blue Jays, the Angels, he could be headed around there, um, taking a long-year deal somewhere. But he ends up taking a really short, short-term short deal with a high payout annually to be with the Dodgers. But honestly, like, who can blame him? The Dodgers are the most ready for success. They have all these players, all this talent. They just won a World Series. They're the most likely to repeat, especially getting Trevor Bauer. To me, I kind of... I hated this deal when it first started, actually. Um, you know, they use, they still have Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw. And you're paying a guy $35 million annually to be your number three starter. Like that, that, at first I was upset at that. But if there's any team that can do that and be fine with it, it's the Dodgers because of all the money that they have and everybody that they have making decisions. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those Los Angeles teams are always having a whole bunch of money. Yeah. You can rely on that. Huge market. Huge. They're known for that. Yeah. I always so. think of them like kind of mirroring Golden State Warriors in terms of success kind of re in, recent, in recent years. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the Dodgers, I mean, th I think they've won the division like 10 years in a row. Um, so they're just, they're just building up for success. Honestly, the Dodgers are becoming the new Yankees. I hate the Dodgers, but they have like, so many good players. I mean, they're loaded. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 almost as bad as the Yankees. I mean, obviously they don't have twenty seven World Series wins like the Yankees, um, but just buying your players and buying the talent, um, they're becoming the Yankees kind of in that aspect. But you know, if you have the market, you have the money, you have the owners that are willing to spend money. I guess. That's the way to go because that's going to keep your fans happy too. That's going to get fans in the stands, fans in the stands, fans in the stands. Uh, that's going to get them in there. Um, <laughs> you can't have the – I mean like the Rangers, they just buy a new stadium. They're like, oh, we can't afford any players. We just built a stadium. Well, nobody asked you to build a new stadium. Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, no, definitely keeping fans in the stands with uh, with signing Trevor Bauer. That's my number two pick. And then number three, I'm going to have to go with DJ LeMayhew. He's actually not going to a new team. He's going back with the Yankees. But I think that was the best signing of, of the whole offseason because the Yankees were so much better with DJ LeMayhew, and if they wouldn't have re-signed him, somebody else would have gotten him, and he would have just killed them. And I know the Yankees would have felt really bad because he can play any position. He gets hits. He's a batting champion in both leagues, American League and National League. So that's my thoughts. So, yeah, one, two, three, Francisco Lindor, number one, Trevor Bauer, number two, and DJ LeMayhew, number three. Spencer, do you have any thoughts about that? I would probably have to agree with Trevor Bauer being a huge signing. I mean, the Dodgers are coming off of a world championship, and they're just, I mean, they're adding to their bullpen. I mean, they they already got Kershaw. Kershaw's career is, I mean, it's undeniable at this point. He's he's pretty much a legend, I mean, and they're just adding to that. I mean, they're going to be very good this next year, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree. And uh, there's actually some talk about Kershaw retiring. Um, really? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's had a long career. I know he had some back problems like two years ago, but he's he's made a comeback somewhat. I mean, what you can do with Kershaw. Um, I think he's a victim of his own success because of how good he was early in his career. So now that he's gotten older, everybody's like, oh, he's old. He can't really pitch as well, but he's still really good. Like, if you look at him versus most of the other pitchers in the league, he's still really good. But there's a chance. He's a Texas boy. He's, he's really? from Dallas. Yeah. From Dallas. So some people are saying if, if he doesn't retire, maybe he tries to move somewhere close, goes to the Rangers. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think he'll stay in the in the MLB for a little bit longer. I mean, yeah. he still has a lot, to, like, a lot to play left. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so, too. But if he wants to get to his family, maybe win a World Series in the NL and the AL. Maybe maybe you heard it here first. Hot take: Rangers, World Series champions, twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six, huh? Twenty twenty six. Yeah. What do we think about that? Rangers versus Padres. We got Fernando Tatis. Maybe he gets into a little slump. Maybe maybe the money changes him. Maybe <laughs> right. <laughs> he he like he gets like like grills with like money <laughs> signs on him. It's like, oh, I used my $340 million already. (laughs) (laughs) Hits rock bottom. (laughs) All right. Now let's move on to the the best player in the league, Mike Trout. You know, a lot of people, I mean, he's been the best player since he came up, 2012. They think he's like the new Mickey Mantle. And really he is. He's one of the best players to ever play the game. And it's really cool to see greatness – um, greatness like in the present, you know, because you always think about Definitely. great players like Babe Ruth, um, Barry Bonds, but you didn't really get to see them play, you know, mm-hmm. and having the ability, I feel like a lot of people take greatness for, for granted. And you might get this reference. Um, Tom Brady, right? right? A lot of people root against him because he's so great. And he's done all this thing. He's had all, all this success. A lot of people root against him. Um, and don't they think do. I, I root against him. I mean, do you? Yeah. yeah, I did not like him when he was on the Patriots. I was actually rooting him when on the Buccaneers, though. I okay. mean, uh, 
yeah. it really showed how good he was. I mean, he changed teams and yeah, he's, he's, he's still winning. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, no. And, and I think it's, a, it's the same that goes for Mike Trout because Trout was like, he made some comments that he's tired of losing. He's tired of being labeled as the best player in MLB who can't make the playoffs. Uh, and I think that it has to do more with baseball being more of a team sport in the aspect that not one player can just carry the whole team. He, uh, you know, one player's – he's only a part of the play if the ball is hit to him on defense. And then there's nine batters. So he only comes up like, what, four times a game at most? Four, four at-bats in a regular game? Yeah. He can't carry – you can't carry a team like that. You can't carry a team in baseball. Uh, it's a lot harder – than, than, ba- than basketball and football, in my opinion. To assemble, like, a, a super team. Yeah. 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 But what the Angels do is they have the offense. They spend crazy amounts of money. This goes back to the Dodgers, but they're not spending it wisely, and they've been doing this. They, sp- they, they signed Albert Pujols to a huge contract. He's coming. I mean, obviously, he's a generational-type talent, but he signed a contract with the Angels, and he can't even run to first base anymore. <laughs> like... He just like walks. He he hit a ball to the outfield one time, like it was a solid hit, and the outfielder threw him out at first base. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's sad to say that Pujols has, like, he's been so bad lately, but the the Angels just haven't spent their money the right way. And then they did it with Josh Hamilton too. They got him from the Rangers. I remember that, of course. Great player. Yeah, great player. And then he relapsed into drugs. And then they, they literally traded him back to the Rangers and they paid him to play for the Rangers. So just spending their money, they need pitching. That's what they need. Because they, they, they even did it last year. They signed Anthony Rendon, third baseman. He won the World Series the, the previous year. Like they have one of the best offenses in the league. But if they can't get any pitching, they're not going to be any good. Yeah, I mean, I saw something about um, Albert Pujols. There was uh, some rumors that he was going to retire, and yeah, some and he was like, "No, I'm I still got some left in the tank." Um, well, I don't think so. I think that tank's empty, buddy. <laughs> I mean, poor Pujols. Yeah, he might be um, on a David Ortiz level now. I mean, yeah, yeah, just getting getting old here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that, I mean, he's made a lot of money in the league he's been course, the guy for a while he's got over 500 home runs yeah. at least right yeah yeah it's time for him to go i think and unfortunately the angels aren't going to get any money back because this is the last year of his contract so he's like played out the entire entire time so he's gotten all his money every single year so unfortunately the angels aren't going to get any money back so they can't like sign new players but I, at least he'll like free up a little spot I know that his that Pools' wife was the one that announced it. Yeah, like, that's who it was. She was like, yeah, he's lacing up his cleats for the last time. And then he, <laughs> he was like, what? No, my, my wife. <laughs> hold, hold up. Hold up. Yeah, he was like, huh? My, my wife kind of made the call for me? <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so he, he had to be like, no, I'm not retiring. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out after this year. But Trout is tired of losing. And... All I can say is, well, you signed a contract with the Angels. You knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Trout could have gone to Philadelphia um, with Bryce Harper and created a super team. 
that would be crazy. That would have been something. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, dealing with that. All I can say is it was Trout's fault <laughs> signing the contract. He's still going to be great, of course. He's Mike Trout. But I don't expect the Angels to make the playoffs anytime soon. And and their fans, they get really upset. They're like, we're as good as the Astros. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. The Astros are still really good. They Which, just put it all on Mike Trout. Yeah. We got Mike Trout. We're we're amazing. Yeah. And it's it's crazy how, how greatness is defined by making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like there's some there's some Hall of Fame players that are like players that are on the Hall of Fame ballot and people say, Well, he's not a Hall of Famer because he didn't make the playoffs. He didn't win any World Series championships and stuff like that. But honestly, I think you need to look more at the stats. Because Mike Trout is a great player, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer, of course. But people weigh a lot on on making the playoffs. They put a lot of that. I think because that's like the ultimate goal in sports, right? Yes, for sure. Winning a championship, that's what every player wants to do. But I mean, it's great to pack your stats, and I mean, it can only take you so far. I mean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But. I, I don't know. I feel like people should blame the Angels more instead of blaming the blaming Mike Trout. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know we touched on the Astros, so we're going to move on to second base. This is the part of the show where we talk about the Texas teams, the local Texas professional teams. Um, and, of course, spring training started. We have the Rangers taking on the Royals in Surprise, Arizona. Their facility down there, or actually up there, yeah, up there, <laughs> right? Arizona's up. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Rangers taking on the Royals. They actually share the same facility, which I think that's kind of awkward. Um, you know, that is pretty awkward. Like, how do you how do you determine who's the home team and who's the who's the away team? Do they like flip a coin? I don't know. I should I should probably know that, but I don't. <laughs> Maybe they know from practicing each other all the time. You yeah, know? yeah, and also I wonder if they like get each other's secrets by seeing them like practice on the field. Like maybe the the Royals are in the dugout or something, and the <laughs> Rangers are on the field taking ground balls, and they're like watching them. They're like, oh, like we know their bunt coverage, we know uh, their defensive shifts and stuff like that. Somebody's up in like the hundredth row <laughs> with binoculars. Just like looking at everybody, looking at the catcher signs. Taking notes. Yeah, I'm just kidding. This isn't the Astros. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, so the lineup today was Willie Calhoun batting first in left field. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa batting second, shortstop. Joey Gallup batting third, playing right field. And then our newest addition, Chris Davis, crush, playing DH. He's batting fourth. Nick Solak playing second base, fifth. Guzman playing first base, batting sixth. Then we had Brock Holt playing third base, Heim catching, and Eli White playing center field. Honestly, this is this is a great lineup. Not really, though. It's, it's a good lineup to look at if you're a <laughs> Rangers fan because this is going to be the opening day lineup. It's a good opening day lineup. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I think that there are some changes that we're going to see, uh, especially not having Rugnet Odor start at second base. That's that's a good thing. That's a huge thing, though, because, uh, I mean, it's another example. I, I, I feel like the theme of this episode has been bad contracts, 
And we'll get back to that right after this short break. Did you miss us? Or are you just telling us that so we can feel better about ourselves? Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to Around the Bases. Uh, so, so we were talking about the Rangers. We were talking about Rugnet Odor and the lineup, how that is a, a different thing that we've seen from a lot of the lineups in the past for the Rangers. So now we're going on to our pitchers. The pitchers today were Wes Benjamin. He started the game. Then we had Drew Anderson, Jason Barr, Joe Gatto, Nick Vincent, Hunter Wood, and Luis Ortiz. A lot of nobodies. A lot of nobodies. Not to be mean to these guys. It's okay. They're not going to listen. But, um, I mean, spring training is where you you try to find diamonds in the rough. You, you yeah, like you, you have these guys pitching and you want to see if they can make a difference. So these are a lot of players that a lot of people don't know about. But they're, they're each slated to pitch one inning uh, in each game. So we'll see how that goes. And, yeah, so it's a seven-inning game. Not a lot of pitchers, of course. Um, and it's a big opportunity for all the young pitching staff. It's both physic physically and mentally. It's going to be big opportunities for them. I know that our manager commented on that, said that they're going to be tested, these young guys. We're trying. They're trying to make a an impression on the team because the Rangers are a bad team. <laughs> like there's there's a lot of room for random players to make a difference, and I think that the Rangers want to. I mean, any rebuilding team, they want to get players with low risk, high reward. So they get these players in, right? It doesn't cost anything to have them, and then you build them up. You make them like they're playing really well, and then you can trade them for some really valuable pieces, especially when you're in a rebuilding phase. I think that's the key to any team's success. Um, so if the Rangers can do something like that, I think that's what they're planning this season. I don't think they're going to try and sink uh, to try and get a draft pick. I mean, we already have the first draft pick, or sorry, the second draft pick in this upcoming year's draft. Uh, that's so that's going to be good. That Hopefully the Rangers can do something with him. But... Yeah, big opportunity for the pitching staff, according to the manager. And then he also made some comments about Odor. The funny thing is, Rugnet Odor still thinks he's an all-star second baseman, which I don't know what kind of fantasy world he's living in if he still thinks he's an all-star second baseman. The only all-star move that he's done in the last five years was punching Jose Bautista in the face. Uh, when <laughs> you, do you guys <laughs> that was that? that was a moment. Yeah, that was that was like the biggest moment in Ranger history versus the Toronto Blue Jays. But then Batista the got rocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By a little man, little man, uh, Odor. I, I just remember watching the slow-mo, seeing his glasses fly off. It was crazy. But the Blue Jays did get the last laugh because they were like, I'd rather get punched in, in April than knocked out in October. Because the Blue Jays, of course, they eliminated the Rangers from the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so I think that's honestly the only thing that I would remember Rugnet Odor from, for, um, me too, honestly, yeah. I, mean, I haven't really heard much about this guy except yeah. for that. Dude, he has the weirdest hair ever, like grade A weirdo hair. He, he's bald, <laughs> like completely bald. And you know how like baseball players have the little hole on the back of their hats? Right. Yeah. To stick out their hair. That's uh -huh. the only amount of hair that he has. Like he grew that out deliberately. And he only has that little patch of hair. It looks so weird. It's not even like a ponytail type no, of. It's, it's not just a, a just a patch. Just a little patch. 
<laughs> I feel like it looked like somebody had just missed a spot on his on his head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he was cool with it. He was cool with it. He rocked it. I mean, he didn't rock it. He thinks he thinks he rocked it. Um, so yeah. So Chris Woodward, our manager, said Rugi can't play anywhere except second base. Which that's different from a lot of the other players like Nick Solak, who he's having take over at second base as the starter because Solak can play in the outfield. He can play third base, shortstop, and second base. Rugen Odor, all he can play is second base. So that's not like – you're comparing apples to oranges in that aspect. Um, I mean, who's going to bring more valuable, a person who could play multiple positions or just one, uh, especially if he can't hit? So, yeah, if he can't move around the field, then he's probably not going to make the team. Another note is that third base is wide open, apparently. Uh, but I think that Brock Holt's going to win the position. So Brock Holt had uh, had some pretty good seasons with the Red Sox. And then he played in the National League. He didn't really do as well. But he had some major league offers, but he wanted to play third base. So the Rangers actually signed him to a minor league contract and said, you'll probably play third base. So that's the only reason he signed with the Rangers. Just so he could play third base. Yeah, just because he thinks he has an opportunity to play third base. And honestly, I think he wins. I think he wins the third base job. I think he's the the clear-cut favorite compared to anybody else that we have. Um, because everything is, is, is getting everything prepared for 2022-2023 when Josh Young comes up. And he's he was one of the, the first-round draft picks for the Rangers out of Texas Tech. So he played in the Big 12, unfortunately, against UT. But um, he's from San Antonio. He went to MacArthur High School, I think. Played baseball there. So now he's with the Rangers. And he's Yeah, he went to the same uh, school district as me. Really? Yeah. NEISD. That's right, yeah. Where, where did you go? I went to Reagan. Reagan. Yeah, yeah. Reagan's, Reagan's a cool school. I yeah, they were a little bit of a rival of us, uh, MacArthur. Yeah, they had a crazy good baseball team. Honestly, yeah. I bet there's a lot of, I don't know. I, I think I, that's I, their I, best sport. Yeah. Yeah, they've won the state championship, so I'd like to see I'd like to do some research on how many Reagan players are in professional baseball right now. That's going to be interesting. That's that's a good topic. Um <laughs> maybe maybe next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, Josh Young, he's going to be the third baseman of the future, the Rangers hope. So, hopefully we'll see him soon. Actually, if you if you're in the Austin area, uh, I know Round Rock's not too far, it's probably like 40 minutes away. That's the Rangers AAA team. So Josh Young's actually going to be starting there if you want to get kind of like a preview of how the Rangers are going to be and how the young baby Rangers is what we'll call them, uh, how they play. It's um, be pretty fun games to go to. Yeah, I think so too. Minor League Baseball's fun. They have cool cool uh, promotions. They're like Dollar Hot Dog Night or like Dress Up as Your Favorite Star Wars Character thing. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. Um, actually, while I was writing this, Joey Gallo hit a two-run homer. So, good. Good nice. stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, hopefully Gallo can have a comeback year. He sucked last year. He went back to he, – he's been named the three true outcome hitter. And the three true outcomes are strikeout, walk, or home run. Those are the three abilities that he has. <laughs> but in 2019, he was actually able to hit for like – average and he was really good but 2020 he went back to that so hopefully 2021 he'll be better or the rangers need to decide if he's going to be part of the future or not um yeah i mean taking two years of inconsistency yeah. i mean it's hard to have patience for that type of thing i mean yeah no definitely 
And then my last note on the Rangers is that Hans Kraus is back. He's a he's a pitcher, uh, one of our top prospects. But he went he underwent surgery, like last year, so he he missed all of last year. Uh, but now he's back. He's pitching. He's throwing. So that's good. Also, what a, what a crazy name, Hans Kraus. He sounds like a Disney character, like one of those Hans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Hans, right? <laughs> it's like Han Solo. Or something. Oh yeah, also like Han Solo. But is it is it H A N Solo or is it Hans Olo? I think it Han H A N H A N. Okay, H A N. All right, so it is Han Solo. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on to the Astros now with that. Um, so the Astros played the Marlins in West Palm Beach, Florida. So they're a part of the Grapefruit League. For for the um, for spring training, they actually divided into two leagues, just like the regular season. Right. So they have the Grapefruit League and they have the Cactus League. The Cactus League's in Arizona, Grapefruit League's in Florida. So that's where the Astros played. They had Straw, Miles Straw leading off playing center field. Altuve playing second base. Kyle Tucker right field. Diaz, first base. Jason Castro catching. Abraham Toro playing third base. Steven Sousa Jr. playing left field. I've never heard of this guy, Degati, playing shortstop. And Manaya playing DH. So with the Astros, you can kind of tell that they they have a different kind of lineup than the Rangers. They're trying to get other people to see if they can stick because they actually have depth. The Rangers don't have much depth. You know, they're like, the lineup that we put out, that's going to probably be their opening day lineup. And the Astros, the only people that you can see probably pl- making the team, like, guaranteed is Altuve, of course, and Kyle Tucker. Altuve, Kyle Tucker, and Jason Castro. That's who I think. Um, they're all they're all proven big leaguers that have made it, so all three of them. So they're just trying to see who can stick. And in center field, they put Miles Straw. You're used to seeing that name George Springer if you're an Astros fan, but now they're trying to see if Miles Straw can be the next Springer of the future, so that's interesting. Uh, for their pitchers, they had Bilak, Garza, Abreu, Martinez, and Sheets. So, again, a lot of nobodies just trying to see who, who can pitch and who can do well. Uh, I had some I had a couple notes on the Astros. Jordan Alvarez, he's ready to mash. He had surgery on both knees. You know, he's in his 20s, and he had surgery on both knees already. Jeez, um, man, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's one of those players that's probably going to be only a DH. Like, he can only be a designated hitter. He can't play any other position um, because of how hard his knees is. The good thing is, though, he's good at hitting. So like, that's probably his best tool. Um, so that's good because they need somebody to replace George Springer's offensive numbers. It's good having Miles Straw on defense – replacing George Springer on defense, but you also need somebody to replace him on offense. And hopefully Jordan Alvarez can do that for the Astros. All right, here's another San Antonio person, Forrest Whitley. He went to Alamo Heights High School. He actually threw a no-hitter against my alma mater, uh, like two of them actually, because um, we were terrible. But he's feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was exposed to COVID. Uh, he didn't ever get any symptoms. They just had him quarantined for seven days. He's going to be a great Great pitcher for the Astros. I know people have been saying that for a couple of years, but he was in high school when they drafted him, so of course it's going to take a couple of years for him to get to it. Um, Altuve, Jose Altuve. I know like in a previous show I talked about how Jose Altuve was messing up. He was throwing uh, the ball errors in the ALCS. 
but he worked a lot on that in the offseason, so apparently that weighed on him. That weighed on him a lot. So hopefully he can get that down. It's hard to see Altuve struggle. Even if you're an Astros hater, it's hard to see Altuve struggle. He's a little guy. you know. Not a lot of people think that he has the ability to be a great baseball player because he's so short, 5'6". Um, so he's just like a feel-good story, you know? Definitely. I mean, yeah. got to um, give those guys the give those guys a chance, you know? Give them a shot, right? I mean, everybody, yeah. anybody of any size can play baseball. <laughs> I, I just remember on The Simpsons uh, when they, like, they say that they're going to end football and Homer's like, no, the, you're going to lose the sport that fat kids can play. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, in two different – this was in actually one transaction. The Astros, they claimed an infielder named Robel Garcia from the Angels. And to make room for him, they moved Justin Verlander to the 60-day injured list. That That's – I mean, I kind of forgot that Justin Verlander was injured. I thought he was out for the whole year. Yeah, he is. He, he's out for the rest of the year because he had Tommy John surgery. Right. But at least he gets to spend more time with Kate Upton. <laughs> right i mean yeah i mean <laughs> bittersweet right <laughs> <laughs> um he's getting pretty old too he's one of those guys that he are, is yeah i know you mentioned you were a detroit tigers fan so you got to kind of see him like in his yeah, prime dude. those were some great years 2006 world series i mean i think that's when he when he came up with the with the tigers yeah those teams were great i mean yeah with cabrera and uh definitely you know. and um so yeah the astros have kind of tried to find their new ace. I think they did in the playoffs. I think it became really apparent who was their new ace. And I think it's Framber Valdez. He's really good. He, I remember him. I think he came up in like 2017 or 2018. He didn't fare well against the Rangers. I mean, that's, that's the only time I would really ever see the Astros play before. Um, but I, I watched in the playoffs and just his, his mindset while he's pitching, you can tell there's something different about him. He he's able to see it in his eyes. Yeah, you can see it. You he commands the game so well, and I'm not sure if it was just the playoff change, like switch from the regular season to the playoffs that kind of just like awoke him or woke him up. Um, but he just seems like a completely different pitcher. Um, hey, the playoffs will do that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. So yeah, look out for him, Astros fans. Look out for Framber Valdez. And uh, here we go, <laughs> the Picota predictions. For the AL West, the Astros have a 71.6% chance of winning the division. And the Rangers have zero. The Rangers have a 0% zero. chance. Yeah, not even like 0.1%. That, that's pretty bad, but you know, anything can happen with baseball, right? Anything. So, Ranger fans, don't count yourself out. Astros fans, don't get too content, right? Always be aware. Also, it's it's hard to remember that there's other teams than the Astros and Rangers in the division. Like a lot of people forget that the the Angels and the Athletics and the Mariners are also in the division. <laughs> um, but everybody's like, who was second on that list? Second was the Athletics. The Athletics. Yeah, they never go away. Moneyball stuff. They they always just keep that same mentality. They never go away. You know what was interesting too? Great movie. Everybody, yeah, everybody <laughs> knows Moneyball, and they're like. They don't want to spend that much money, but they're still able to have these great players. I found out that the Oakland Athletics owner is one of the richest owners in baseball, but he won't spend his money. (laughs) 
Yeah. So he's, he's just saving it. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know why. You know the the athletics play like in a bathtub. <laughs> That's what I call the Coliseum, a bathtub. Um, <laughs> they shared it with the with the Raiders. Um, the Raiders finally moved. They went to Las Vegas. So, yeah, I think the they need a new stadium. They need they need help. <laughs> hey, the Raiders got out of there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If they were able to get out of it, maybe the Athletics can too. Come to San Antonio or Austin. Get, let's get another another team in Texas. That'd be cool. The Austin Weirdos. <laughs> Speaking of Austin That'd baseball teams, we're going to move on to third base. Third base is now where we talk about our school's baseball team, the UT Longhorns. All right, let's see. The Horns, they're 3-4 and four right now. The next game is on Tuesday against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're, sur- they're sitting in the top 20, 20 in the nation. They're number 19. They had big wins versus BYU. Uh, they won the they won the series, but they lost the final game. So they had a twelve to six win on February twenty fifth. They scored twelve runs on fifteen hits. So that's a good one. But they they had a bad first inning. If you watch the recap, um, in the first inning, their pitcher gave up a grand slam. That that's pretty bad. Like, um, but that's that's like usually a momentum killer, you know. You you yeah. start off the game right away. You're down to four nothing on one swing of the bat. There might be a change of pitching after that. I mean, yeah, yeah. If your manager's intense, definitely. And I think that they brought out Palmer Wenzel out of the bullpen. He's a great, great pitcher. Um, I think he's really going to be a big difference maker for UT. Everybody knows that your bullpen wins ball games, it, and having somebody like Wenzel coming out and and pitching as good as he did i think the horns are going to rely on him a lot this season especially if they if they come down to if either if they if they have like a close lead and they want to keep the game close they need to bring him out um to pitch and then also if they want to kind of uh stop the damage kind of stop the damage from getting more i think that's what they did in this case because they were down four nothing he threw he threw and yeah he, he only allowed two more runs and the and the that allowed the Horns to score twelve, so yeah, big win, and then a bigger win on the twenty sixth, eleven to one. That's a ten run win. Wow. Um, yeah, I know math. <laughs> uh, some guy, uh, actually a freshman, Zubia, he did great his first game. He got his first hit, first RBI, and then he comes out in his second game. He hits a ball down the line, gets past the outfielder after a diving attempt. He runs around the bases. He's super quick. So he hits an inside-the-park home run. And pitching-wise, it was a great outing for Ty Madden. I think this could be, like, the best outing that he's had since he came to UT. This this could be, like, for his collegiate career, this could be the best outing that he's had. And if he wants to get noticed and be in, like, the draft, go professional, it's definitely a great great thing but what went wrong on the 27th so we lost four to five of course it's only one run um but you know they they had they were leading through five innings four to one uh and they just blew the lead they just lost their momentum tristan stevens he allowed four runs in five and a third innings and the game was lost but that's okay right i mean they won the series i i believe in the horns I, I'm a freshman, but so I haven't really had a chance to watch them a lot play baseball. 
everybody's like Texas football, Texas football. But um, hey, they're not doing too well either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been more the basketball team this year. I mean. The basketball team is doing well. Check that out. We have we have some podcasts, you Why guys. Not uh, Why not us? Check check out that podcast. They cover basketball. Cover yeah, yeah. top ten Longhorns. Team? Yeah, definitely. And if baseball can do that too, people, I think people definitely. will respect. UT as a team that's not just football, you know, as a, as a school that's not just all about football. Um, so, yeah. Imagine if it was like high school where like your best football players are also playing baseball and like soccer and stuff like that. Run, running track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why I had that thought. It was funny. All right. So coming up um, this week until next week um, when we tell you about how the week goes for UT baseball. They're going to be playing A&M Corpus Christi and then Texas State. Those are going to be one game each. So some local teams. If you got like some some friends from friends from high school or something going in San Marcos, going to Texas State, that's that'll be kind of a cool thing, right? Cuz football never plays Texas State. I don't think you'll ever see our our football team say play Texas State unless it's like a a charity game. <laughs> I don't think they've played actually. I mean, yeah. I know they play some like SEC teams sometimes. Yeah, but P- poor them. But I mean, they played they pl- what football played UTEP right, and like that, that's like a big momentum game. I feel like they play like a super small game every or small team every year to to be like a momentum builder. Uh, so that could be that could be the case here going against A and M Corpus Christi in Texas State. So yeah, some in inner Texas play, and then also this could week could be some good games. Yeah, I mean. I think so too. Texas State would be cool. I actually went to a Texas State game, and they go Bobcats, Bobcats go. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the Longhorns could take care of them, and that'll look good on our record. And then, uh, then we have a series against U of H, University of Houston, the Cougars, the the Cougars that are into younger, <laughs> younger men, the older ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a that that should be a good series. These teams are all unranked, so early season stuff. You know, it's not till you get down to the nitty gritty of the 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 later part of the seasons, where you know actually how the games are gonna fare and how the teams are gonna play. So yeah, right now, the Longhorns are ranked in the top twenty. It's early. Yeah, early, early. But I guess if you want to pay attention to it. Like we do, we're baseball fans. So, yeah, go Longhorns, keep it up. Go check out some games. I know right now they, they probably have like some limited limited um, attendance right now. But, yeah, UT Longhorn Baseball. Watch them. Cheer for them. Go Longhorns. All right, so let's do a little recap of what we've done today. We're circling the bases. We're going around the bases. That's like the show name too, isn't that? that that's cool, right? It's clever. That's Th- clever. Yeah, thank you. I, H, I mean, this, yeah. this is the first time that I've ever had a co-host, so like I, I kind of just was able to do it. Like think about that on my own. I'd be like, "Wow, Colton, you're like you're very, very clever for <laughs> for thinking of that." But now that I'm hearing it from another person, I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. I mean, the segments being each base. I mean, it makes sense. Thank you, thank you, Spence. <laughs> All right. 
So yeah, we talked about uh, we went into first base, talked about everything that you should know about baseball today. If you are a baseball fan, or if you're even not a baseball fan, right? Maybe you're maybe you're at work right now, and you're you're in an elevator, and it's like going to be an an awkward elevator ride. There's like a hundred floors in your in your place, and you're on the hundredth, and y'all are all going to one, and some dude named like John steps in. You guys don't talk a lot. You're like, uh, did you hear about the baseball? Like, you know he likes baseball. And then you're like, did you hear about Garrett Cole's comments? And you, and you know about it just because of the podcast. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. So that's what we do in first base. Um, we talked about that. We talked about Tatis's extension. Aaron Judge got some new chompers. <laughs> smile. Um, then we went through our top three new threads, people who are new faces in new places, right? New new teams, signing new players. And then we talked about how Trout's tired of losing, and we said, too bad. Um, you're with the Angels. And then we went to second base, talked <laughs> about the Rangers and the Astros, went through their lineups for today. And actually, the game might be over by now. So it's the end of the six. We got one more inning. The Royals actually took the lead. It's three to two. So In the seventh? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a seven-inning game. Right. We're, we're in the sixth. We're in the sixth. So the Rangers have a chance to make a little comeback. Yeah, I mean. So look out for that if that changes by Wednesday. And then the Marlins, <laughs> of course, they beat the Astros. That's okay. That's okay, right? I mean, yeah. I would feel I would feel a lot better if I was an Astros fan than I'm a Rangers fan right now because we're losing, and that's our opening day lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Astros the Astros lost, but they didn't have their starters playing. So yeah, I wouldn't feel too bad if you're a Houston fan. And um yeah, so we went over those teams. We talked about Rugnet Odor. Maybe we can like trade him for a pack of bubblegum. Something <laughs> like that. Uh I don't think he's gonna make the team. Jordan Alvarez is back. Uh he's on a walker. He's not on a walker, his knees are just they've both been surgically repaired. Um so that's great. And then Forrest Whitley's back. The Astros have a 71% chance of winning. The Rangers have 0%. And then we just touched on the Longhorns. And it's early in their season, but it's great to see how they're doing. And it's great to know that they're good. Watch out for some players. Watch out for Wenzel. Watch out for Zubia. And watch out for Madden. Those are three names that had great impacts on the first series against BYU. If 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 you're not a UT baseball fan... But you just want to know the players, kind of like support your school, support your team. Those are three names I would look for this season because they came out of the gate hot and they're doing well. So, yeah. Did uh, Staley get any playing time? Staley? Travis Staley. Travis Staley. Do you know him? Yeah, he went to my high school. He's a new player on the team. But um, oh. he might be redshirted, actually. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, we're going to have to look into that. Yeah, he's, he's a great player. He's a pitcher, yeah. Were y'all like best friends? No, he was, uh, I was uh, really good friends with his older brother. He was about like f- uh, four years younger than me. So he's a oh, freshman. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he's a freshman. He's my grade. He is, yeah. Him and I are best friends. <laughs> yeah, you guys should. Uh, you guys should Hashtag UT24. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I had a great show today. Uh, Spencer, it was awesome having you join me today. And I think Brett will be back. That's a hint that hints will be back. 
um, next week. But yes, Spencer, you're always welcome to come on the show and come talk, come talk baseball if you just want to talk to you. And I hope you had a great time. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the show. Stay tuned for the song of the week that we stand for the end of the show. Thanks, everybody. Starts buzzing. It ain't me on the other end.